To the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by StravaCraft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 because when you do, you save 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering StravaCraft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And joining us more regularly, never often enough, is, of course, the director of social media here at DNVR, one of the biggest Rockies and baseball fans we know, Michaela Perkins. What's going on, everybody? How are we feeling? Hello. We're feeling, I'm feeling good. I don't, I, don't, I don't look as nice as, you know, Michaela does with her retro... <laughs> Jersey there. That's I feel amazing. like you may have bedazzled. Isn't that so cool? <laughs> Did you bedazzle a little of that or what? No, I bought it from a company that bedazzled it for me. So they added all the really cool stars on it. And it's like a throwback sweatshirt from the 90s. So <laughs> it, was, it was pre-dazzled. Came it was pre-dazzled. pre-dazzled. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that is wise. amazingly sparkly. It's a great investment. Sweater jersey. Thanks, yeah, guys. I thought so, too. I was really excited to wear it. And then they traded Nolan. So, you know, I'm not as excited now, but... <laughs> I'll still still wear it. (laughs) Wearing it with pride. So, yeah, we are going to, on this day, take a deep breath, though it'll be somewhat related to the Nolan Arenado thing, because, well, one of the things that happens when a guy's career in a place comes to an end is he's not going to put up any more stats for the Colorado Rockies. Sorry, folks. That's just, you know, the, the career numbers are there. It's done. And we can weigh now where he belongs among the pantheon of all-time Colorado Rockies greats. And that just kind of got the ball rolling for today's DFA show. Make sure you're joining us on YouTube. You're subscribing. You hit the like button. The bell icon will let you know when we're going live. The comments are already firing up with people's personal favorites, and we're going to get to some of that. But we are going to rank not necessarily the definitive all-time top 35 Colorado Rockies. Just a little housekeeping. Here's basically what we did here. There was the the 25 team. You remember when they did the 25 guys, the anniversary team, their kind of declaration, here's our 25 guys. Took them, then grabbed another 10 fan favorites. I think we were pretty comfortable in saying. There's going to be a few omissions here, sorry, but there's also only so much time we have in the day to talk about these guys. And so a lot of great Rockies we know we want to get to. Uh, One other fun thing that I think is going to be interesting here, though, is – We're going to start by unveiling this list pretty quickly at first, and then we're going to mess with it. I'm sure a lot of you out there have seen these tier maker things where you can kind of tier rank whatever you want, literally anything you want. We're going to be doing it with Rockies players in history, and we're going to use starting as our guide. And I'm going to tell you right away, it's going to make you mad on some of these guys. Career war, according to baseball reference, as a Colorado Rocky. War. War? War. 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 Are you not a baseball guy, Drew? Do you not know how to pronounce war these? And war and Correct. Is, is that... We're just looking at boar today. Yeah. Boar. War. B-war? War. Boar. Yeah, boar. Boar. Yeah. Yep. B-war. That's, that's how we say it in our, in our household. When we talk about B-war all the time, we just say boar. You know, we don't have time to say every single letter we just say war in my house that's all 
we get very Shakespearean with it. It's be war or not to be war. Okay, we've we okay we I, I I was looking for where the line was on that joke, found it, went right by it. You got to make sure there's no more, more. There's nothing left to to be milked out of that bad boy. It is dry. Okay, moving so, forward. <laughs> moving forward. forward. Let's get right to it. I'm gonna bring it up here. And, and tech boy, I both apologize and feel free to jump in whatever you you've got opinions here. I'm going to start you with actually this S tier. I'm going to give them to you really quickly. And again, this is just according to their baseball reference war. We can decide whether or not, you know, we think that's really where they belong in the all-time Rockies list. But as you can see here, number one all-time to no one's surprise, the Todd father, number 17, Mr. Rocky, Todd Helton. Now, a higher career war, war and foire, either way, but not as a Rocky, still number two, Larry Walker, the team's first Hall of Famer. In third place, believe it or not, and because of this trade remains, shortstop, number two, Troy Tulowitzki. Then just behind him, and I mean just a few percentage points, but he's not going to put up any more, is Nolan Arenado in fourth place. Uh, then, then there's quite a gap, actually, before you get to Carlos Gonzalez in fifth. And in sixth, the only other guy above 20 war for the Colorado Rockies to this point in his career is already Mr. Trevor Story. So if they end up losing him, they will have, in the span of how many months, lost two of their S-tier players in their history here. Because those are the only guys who have put up more than 20 career war as a member of the Colorado Rockies. And Trevor Story is already one of them, so... And in two seasons, they would have lost three if you throw Cargo in that list, having, of course, come to his natural conclusion of his career ending in 2019. So you could even stretch it out to that. So that's a good initial jumping off point. I mean, are we going to have four? Are we going to have a Mount Rushmore type situation? Or do we need to just say, ah, we got to find room on the mountain to chisel in a few more faces? That's, I guess, part of the debate that we'll have today. Right, right. Uh, that one's going to be interesting. So we'll get back to that. Let's go ahead and go to the next one. And this one actually surprised me, and it may surprise a lot of you. There is a pitcher, which technically puts him in the top 10. The next guy on the list is Ubaldo Jimenez mm. up there, with the, I think in the eight teams in, in terms of war. So now this next group is going to be between 15 and 20. Right after him, Matt Holiday. Now someone... Also still currently building right after him, Charlie Blackman with an opportunity to get up into that S category with a couple more decent years into the S tier. Right behind him, an all-time Colorado Rocky favorite, Vinny Castilla. Right behind him, those guys are very close. DJ LeMayhew, another Colorado Rocky all-time favorite. And two other guys that come in just over the 15 bar mark. A couple more pitchers. Aaron Cook is actually just ahead of Jorge De La Rosa, but still both of them right in that range, all evening out that A tier. Aaron Cook is ahead of DJ LeMayhew as well. So two two pasty guys there in a row with with Cook and LeMayhew uh, at that A tier. And yeah, Jorge De La Rosa. So we're actually seeing some pitchers in there probably a little bit higher than someone would have expected when, when looking at wins above replacement. That's that's three in that tier alone. So three in and around the top 10 of the greatest 
players by wins above replacement in Rockies history. Michaela, did that surprise you a little bit to think of all of the great players who've you know been on the Rockies? Again, some spent less time than others, but that we would have actually three right here around uh, 13 players. There's There's three pitchers in that mix. Yeah, no, I was super surprised. It definitely wasn't, they didn't come to my like forefront of my mind when I, when you guys told me we were going to be ranking them based on their um, wars. So I was actually shocked that there were that many in that tier. Um, you know, I, I know the, the Rockies have had some really great players throughout the years, but um, to see where they fall just based on their war is really actually surprising to me. All right, so getting on to the next category. And again, we're going to mess with these because I, I think some of there's already stuff I can see people, you know, we're going to want to want to fight with these rankings a little bit. But starting off the B tier, an all-time Colorado Rocky fan favorite, but put up most of his career war with other teams when you go back and look at it. Andres, the big cat, Galarraga. Here's my first jaw falls to the floor, eyes pop out of my head, was not expecting it. Right after him, another pitcher, Jolice Chassin. Mm. No mm. way. What? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and then we'll get back to it because then again, then we have two guys who are actually straight up tied uh, with 13 career FWAR apiece, or BWAR. Now I'm throwing people off a piece. Uh, are Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez already making their way? and having slightly more than the 12 that Ellis Burks, another Blake Street bomber, put up in his career. One that may surprise a lot of people, but not hardcore listeners to the DNVR Rockies podcast, also on the B tier. First uh, reliever into the mix, Steve Reed. Steve Z. With an 11 career BWAR. And then... Right all here in a clump and basically a three-way tie. A bunch of more pitchers. You got Pedro Estacio, John Gray, and Jeff Francis all coming in right there at basically 10 career war to this point. Well, that's only two position players in that whole middle tier right there. You said surprise that who, who uh, Julius Chessine. That was the one that was going to surprise I'm I'm a little surprised right now with who is missing. I've yet to hear Dante Bichette's name. True. Did you can you check those numbers there? How is Dante Bichette? We are now up to the twentieth best player according to wins above replacement. We have a guy who was you can make the case he deserved an MVP in '95, and yet nope. Haven't even heard his name mentioned yet. Drew, are you sure about this? I I am unfortunately oh. sure about this. We are going to have a long Dante Bichette conversation in a minute because guess what? We're getting to tier C, and he ain't on it. We continue. What? Now the Whoa. leader of tier C at just under 10 career war, Brian Fuentes, another pitcher, a reliever, Spent a long time with the Rockies, though, so maybe not a surprise. We've got a few compilers here coming up. We've got Dexter Fowler also with 9.5 or 9.8. I don't have them all right in front of me, but just looking at him, trying to remember. Clint Barmas may be a little bit of a surprise to people because uh, he never had, you know, huge individual seasons, but around the nine. Eric Young, obviously senior, not, not junior, Eric Young senior, uh, uh, basically a three-way tie there between Dexter Fowler, Clint Barmas, 
and Eric Young Sr. in the C tier. Uh, then there is a little bit of a drop-off for seven career war for, you guessed it, Chris Iannetta. Wait, what? Catcher. Uh, and Kenneth is right, by the way. I, I see your super chat. I love your super chat. And, and we'll talk more Galarraga later. But that home run against Brown uh, in Miami, I think landed on the moon. I'd have to go back and, and check. But they, they, they undercut him. They absolutely undercut what his uh, distance was on that thing. Yeah, Kevin Brown was a straight-up ace. He's another one of those guys that if you go back and look at, at some of the players that got you know passed over during this whole steroid era on the Hall of Fame ballot, he has a case. He has a case for himself and was a guy for a long time, had uh, one of the largest contracts ever signed by a starting pitcher. I mean – Dude made $15 million for the last six years of his career, $130 million in his career for a guy whose career began in 1986. And you're telling me this guy didn't do some things right? So props to Galarraga for hitting a big, long one off of him in big, Miami. Big honking one. To finish off the C tier, we've got a couple more relievers, actually. And Rafael Betancourt, um, who I just launched into the stratosphere. No, there he is. And then Matt Belisle coming in right after him. They were in the six and five plus career war range. And one last player over five who you think of as a fan favorite, Garrett Atkins, mm. pivotal member of the, that 2017 third baseman there. So, all right. Then we get into the, the tier that, believe it or not, finally now at just under five career war, 4.8. For Dante Bichette, he leads off wow. tier D. Can you believe that? Wow. Yes. Um, there's no way the defensive metrics could. I mean, I guess they're uh, the defensive metrics are, are are can't be right. There's there's no way that Dante Bichette would have even had a job if he was even as close to as bad defensively as the defensive metrics that they used in the '90s to describe his play, to say, yep, he was worth about five wins above replacement. So Does that suggest? Yeah. That's insane. That's that's what, one win per season? Yeah. Come on. That's bad. Yeah, that is, uh, that, that's basically like Troy Tulowitzki's average for a season. Bichette got over his entire career. I want to, actually, maybe before, Let's let's go ahead and dive into that now, and then we can talk about where to move him. Because I was looking at Dante Bichette, and I knew it was all the defense, and, and we all know that, and, and I agree with it, exactly what you said, Patrick. But I wanted to share with everybody one specific year that totally uh, symbolizes Dante Bichette's career, and that's 1999. He played 151 baseball games, 659 plate appearances, hit 34 home runs, Scored 104 runs. That's pretty damn impressive. Drove in 133. Stole six bases, whatever, but walked 8.2% of the time. Pretty darn good. Struck out only 12.7% of the time. That's elite. 84 times total. Not, yeah. That's not bad. I mean, it's right. very good, actually. Right. He hit 298, on base 354, slugged 541. Those are all... You know, very good number numbers almost anywhere else. But it's 1999 and Coors Field. So it's WRC plus 100. 
exactly league average. And his defense was the worst it's ever been rated by fan graphs now at negative 40.6. That's almost twice as bad as any other year. So despite the fact that he did all that stuff I told you about offensively, the 34 home runs, 133 RBI, 104 runs scored, hitting basically 300, 350, 540, a negative 2.1 fan graphs war. That's twice as bad as any season Ian Desmond has ever put up. Like that's just an what? <laughs> well, I think I think that was the same year that McGuire and Sosa hit sixty-one plus again. Right. So McGuire thirty-four home runs. Who cares? Exactly. And then eleven guys hit forty or more home runs. So yeah, it's like oh, not to be shed. Yeah, it basically hit twenty home runs oh. it, during during this year. I mean, that's it's insane. It, it's still remarkable what he was able to do that season. I did. I need a, hold up. I need a <laughs> crack. I it. need an avalanche from Breck brew. I need it. I got to have it now. Uh, there's just no way he was that bad on defense. There's, there's just no way that one day we'll figure out a better way to accommodate for the giganticness of Coors field. Uh, and, and that number will come up until then treat your avalanche amber ale from Breck brew. <laughs> you can get it down at a King Supers or a liquor store, or you can get it at uh, down at the DNVR bar. The farmhouse is open now. They're doing some socially distant stuff and curbside pickup. And when you go down, you use code DNVR, you'll save five bucks. Call them at 303-803-1380. That right there is some damn good beer. Uh, all right, let, let's finish this off, and then I'll, I'll drink a little bit more of my beer, and we'll get some thoughts from Michaela in here. But... Right behind, actually, I just discovered he's actually technically, sorry to break your heart again, right in front of Dante Bichette, just technically, <laughs> is Brad Hop. Brad Hop. Uh, then actually behind him, but still with a solid four, I think 4.1. Got to be on the list, Juan Pierre. Look, I have that is an amazing photo, which nobody oh. can see, which is fine. But, oh, you're going to zoom in? That mustache, I have never seen him with a mustache before. That. That is... Look at that man. Amazing. I'm I, convinced that mustache could hit more home runs than Pierre could have. I, I love Juan Pierre so much. We gotta get him on the podcast. It's like a life dream goal of mine. We gotta make Michaela, that. is it is that on brand for Drew's favorite Rocky of all time to be Juan Pierre? Oh, totally. I, I wouldn't so. I assume so. anything else. <laughs> and then a couple other guys who are on the all time twenty five year anniversary team and and you know, I think people think of very fondly as Rockies. Rounding it out here, you've got Walt Weiss and Houston Street with their kind of almost four career war with the Rockies. So I'm kind of noticing some trends. I'm kind of noticing some trends with these tiers. And again, if you're even on the D tier, you're not like barely passing. We're you've you've passed, obviously, but D is still you you are remembered. You are on the list. So don't think of it in that sense. But I am noticing some patterns in a sense is that that top tier, those are just the legends. This, these are the greatest players of all time. Mount Rushmore and then some. That's your top tier. I'm going to skip A for the moment, but B, we got a lot of starting pitchers in there. And I think that's about right. There should almost be no <laughs> starting pitchers anywhere near the top two tiers. C, 
is where we got the relievers. D is where everyone's left over. So really, that second group A is the guys that are our are Rockies. They're the hitters. They're the guys that compile. They're guys that had, had shorter spurts of their career, but are are remembered as Rockies. And they weren't the greatest of all time in the franchise history, but they are right there. And you smile when you think of them. And it, it's kind of, and I don't want them to necessarily be moved that way, but it is interesting that they kind of filter into those groups with legends, great hitters, great pitchers, great relievers, and everyone else that we didn't get caught up. Like those seem to be the five different groups. Yeah, I buy that. And it's fitting um, that relievers are the last of those groups. I mean, it <laughs> really wouldn't be any other way. I mean, actually, Michaela, are you even surprised that there's relievers on this list? <laughs> um, I was uh, a little bit just because I know, you know, historically the Rockies have never had like that guy as a reliever who everyone is like, oh, that was a Rockies reliever. Like that was like their closer, you know? So um, it definitely surprises me, especially considering – you know, some of the other um, significant contributors that have come through Colorado. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see some of those guys on the list. I was surprised by a lot of them, actually. <laughs> so who do we want to start with Bichette and and do a little? One thing I should also say is that on fan graphs, his career war this and he's the biggest jump I've seen in this actually is an 8.9, which would actually place him right after Eric Young Sr. and ahead of Chris Iannetta and up to the C tier. So we could, I think, at least start with that. But where do we feel like Dante Bichette actually fits? Is he a legend? I mean, would, for, for you, Michaela, for someone who, I mean, you didn't really get to see his, his much of his playing career, at least not in the Rockies, I believe. So it's really what you hear about him. Is he kind of, you know, a Mount Rushmore, not to, to, to kill a phrase, but is he that upper tier or is he, you know, just short of it? There's nothing wrong with that. But is he just short of that in, in that, that A section of just great hitters? Uh, it's hard because, you know, I think I was three years old when he called it a career. So, um, yeah. you know, I definitely have a lot of – a little bit of that historical context missing from my opinion. Um, but, you know, his offensive production was so great. I mean, he, I, I think I remember in 93, the first year he played for the Rockies, he set like a bunch of records. I mean, I think for an expansion team, he had like a record for the most runs scored that year. And he also had like the second best batting average in the league for like some, an expansion player. So, you know, I think, he definitely deserves to be on the list. And I don't think I would put him in the D tier, but um, when I think, you know, of Rockies players that are all time greats, he's definitely further down the list in my mind than um, a lot of the other guys that are up higher. So I don't think he deserves D tier, but I wouldn't put him any higher than B tier for sure. Wow. That's surprising because yes, yeah, as, as I was asking the question, I thought, you could have them all the way up on that that super tier, on that top tier. I thought there could be some people out there that that would want to do that. Maybe you overload the super tier at the, at the top. Um, you know, kind of the argument with people talking about the Hall of Fame and that discussion of, you know, do you want them to all to be Willie Mays, Ted Williams, 
caliber players or, you know, is it okay to have other guys who were Hall of Famers, but they're not the greatest of all time at their position? And so for you to say no higher than B, I, I think I think you can make a case for that. I think he, he does uh, fit in with that group um, of the A players, of just those great hitters that if you totally separate his, you know, defense from the equation, I think – According to Baseball Reference, he has something like twenty-two wins above replacement. So, and and you know, no one's that there. It's only been recent, I feel like, that the conversation about defense and the Rockies have been tied together. Otherwise, it's just hey, go out there, track the ball down. It's not a big deal. We're we're not looking at the plays maybe you should have made. You shouldn't have just hit home runs. And Bichette did that better than anyone. I don't think you can take out. I was just gonna say I don't think you can take out the defense argument because like when he was in the outfield, you know, it was kind of like uh, kind of like <laughs> uh, like is he gonna catch it? Is he not gonna catch it? Like there were just some things that really hurt his case. And I don't like I think if you start picking apart the certain aspects of war and you just I don't know, I feel like it's hard to just completely ignore some of his defensive falters because he had quite a few. I think it's going to be difficult for me to do that because there's a couple of these guys where defense is a big part of their their case, right? And mm-hmm. so it's right. like it, it does kind of go both ways. I, I actually agree with Michaela. I think around in that B tier does make sense. I do think you've got to take his defense into equation, but you've got to also recognize what Patrick's talking about. Guys, basically a career 300 hitter with 274 home runs, 1141 RBI, 152 stolen bases. He has a 30 home run, 30 stolen base, a 30-30 season on his resume. You know, the the numbers don't do him well. They they may do him le- uh, less justice than, than maybe any Rockies player in history, cutting into his offense and defense. I think portraying him a little worse than he is, but I – yeah, I think I think B is probably fair when you really do compare him to his um, the people who've come before and after and who were there at the time and all of that. I mean, so. if we're just looking at offensive production, I mean, he's obviously so high up there, um, and it's hard to argue against that. But you know, the whole purpose of WAR is to get a complete picture of what that player contributed to the team, and so you know, obviously his WAR is going to take a hit with the production in the outfield on defense. So. You know, I think there's a whole different argument to be had if you're just looking at his offensive skill and his offensive production. But um, if we're looking at players who were the complete package and really just like focusing on like their contribution and wins above replacement, I think he kind of falters a little bit for me compared to some of the other people on this list. Yeah, I think the other the other side of that that coin is a guy like Steve Reed, who I think a lot of Rockies fans would not know who the heck Steve Reed is. They wouldn't know the position he played. Maybe they would think he was a catcher and confuse him with Jeff Reed. No right. relation. Um, you know, they, he was never a, a closer. But when we use you know these um, these metrics uh, to evaluate players, you go and say, "Wow, this was a player that just really wasn't appreciated as much as he should have been." And you know, the fact that he was you know still able to stick around for 14 years in Major League Baseball is obviously a certain indicator that he had a good career, especially for a guy who didn't make his debut until his age 27 season. But Steve Reed wouldn't be a guy that, you know, you would say, oh, according to war, this is exactly where he fits as far as, you know, Rocky's memories go or um, how he's how he's viewed by the organization. He would actually go much lower than that. And so, uh, you know, at the same token, like you said, Bichette, so many great memories. So he, des- he definitely deserves that 
bump up and that war is not a great uh metric to describe you know his importance to the the entirety of the franchise so i i, I like where where we placed him for sure all right michaela who is the person that you feel like is most out of place most needs to move up or down mm. on this list Ooh, that's a good question hold on let me let me look here um don't strain your eyes too much trying to squint at these. <laughs> I know the pictures is so little. Um, that's kind of hard. Or was I there think, anyone that you were surprised by? That um, your, your instincts might have suggested they would have been a little higher or a little lower. Um, let me hold on. I'm trying to trying to calculate my argument here. Um, I love it. Mm. You know, I think originally when I, when you guys first were like, okay, like the best Rockies of all time, um, you know, when I was trying to make a well-rounded list, I definitely had, you know, Ubaldo Menez a little bit higher. Um, I think it's, it's cool that he's obviously in the A tier, but I think there could be an argument made for the S tier just because of how much he contributed, you know, as a pitcher to the Rockies. Um, I think he probably was if not the best pitcher they've ever had. Um, so maybe you could make an argument to move him up a little bit. I know it's kind of hard when you're just looking at war with other people who are in that S tier who obviously like are elites. But you know, when I think of Rocky's pitchers, he's obviously the first person that comes to my mind. Um, but yeah, that's tough. Um, there's just well, so many. Let's, let me throw a question out there. Because I think story might be a bit of a surprise. And again, he's only had five years doing it. He's also done it the exact same time that you've got superstars in Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman. If you were forced to keep that list to just six in that upper tier, would you swap out Trevor Story mm -hmm. for Ubaldo Jimenez? Again, if you think about uh, a, a, the storied history and, and contributions, I think in a lot of ways... Trevor's story has been very much overshadowed during his time. Again, blew up on the scene, but it's only you know recently I think that a lot of people are starting to recognize him as one of the best shortstops, um, you know, in in the game. And again, just being on the same field as those two superstars, I think has has had him overshadowed. And again, just looking at wins above replacement, he's there. That being said you could overlook him again and continue to do that and say, Hey, maybe we need to move Ubaldo. Maybe up. make him earn the S tier too. It's like, he'll, maybe, he'll earn yeah. it a couple of years from now. Right. And what if his, yeah. what if his career is over? That's it. If he's done as a Rocky five years, like that is a, that's a, a fraction. A that is nothing. Career. Yeah. I don't think I'm ready more. to, I don't think I'm ready to put Trevor in the S tier quite yet. Um, I think he hasn't had as much time as obviously all the players in the S tier have. So mm -hmm. I don't think I would move him up quite yet, but obviously there's, you know, going to be an argument that he'll end up there at some point. Sure. Um, so I definitely am fine with him being in the A tier. Um, where I'm trying to find cargo. Where's cargo. So Cargo's right now. He's still, he's S tier. He's behind Nolan Arenado and ahead of, if we move Ubaldo Jimenez up to take oh, okay. the story spot. He's right in between those two. Okay. Yeah. No, I. The fifth greatest Rocky of all time. Well, you're, you're not alone in thinking that, Michaela. I, I, you might be thinking, does cargo move up? Again, service time as far as how long he was with the Rockies. 
being, you know, one of the stars of the team during a time where Helton was on his way out essentially, or his, his star was starting to wane. He was there alongside a Tulo. Does Cargo deserve to move up? He's, he can't move up to a, a much higher tier. I mean, that would be godlike status. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what that would be, but does he move ahead of Nolan or does he move ahead of Tulo? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I feel like I'm biased though, just because, you know, I saw, I got to see Cargo move up through, you know, the minors and him and his Sky Sox days. So um, I feel like I'm a little biased on that one. But I mean, when like Cargo is just iconic to me because, you know, growing up, the Rockies that meant the most to me were Helton, Tulo and Cargo. So, um, you know, obviously Helton will always and forever be number one. Um, but it's weird for me that he, um, I guess it's not weird, but I just, I don't know. When I think of like iconic Rockies, like, especially because I know that I'm, um, you know, a, a younger generation of Rockies fans, the Rockies are older and older than me. But um, I just think of Tulo and Helton and Cargo when I think of like iconic Rockies, but that's just because I'm a little biased. <laughs> and, and it's funny when you talk about iconic because there are those iconic moments. And obviously we've got Ubaldo's no hitter, as Kenneth says. Yeah, game that, oh my against gosh. Schilling. Game two against Schilling was so good. So many of these guys don't have those playoff experiences. And again, that's yeah. not their fault. But Ubaldo has I that game. Bump them up. Bump them yeah, up. Very I, fair I think, yeah, I, I agree with Kenneth and Michaela. I think all those things, having the only no-hitter in franchise history, starting the All-Star game, being so dominant, and then pitching in big important games. Remember, he was a rookie that called, got called up halfway through the season in 2007 mm -hmm. when he was pitching uh, a no-hitter into the sixth inning against the Phillies in the blackout game, or maybe the fifth, I don't know, my, in my memory, into the 13th inning against the Phillies until Shane Victorino hit that solo home run to right field that I'll never forget. Jeff Baker with the walk-off uh, game winner hit to, to right field. But like, See, those are the things that stick in your mind. I know Jeff Baker's name because of Ubaldo Jimenez. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's so like, and then again, out there in the World Series, as a rookie, he handled that better than any of those guys. So I, I do think Ubaldo, obviously his career didn't end the way he wanted it to. Uh, his career with the Rockies didn't end the way he wanted it to, getting traded like in the middle of a game. Uh, it, it was terrible. And no but, pandemic, does he come back too? Oh, I know he was we, maybe gonna. We could have Daniel yeah. Bard and Ubaldo Jimenez as these great comeback stories. And Man. well, until it doesn't happen this year, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a story to watch that no one has talked about. No one's asking for. I don't know. <laughs> but will <laughs> Ubaldo come back this year? I might be the only one asking that. I don't know. But you know what? I'm gonna keep my ears peeled. That's <laughs> so, not a phrase. I want to play a game with everybody here. The comments can do it. I, I want you all both to do it if you don't know, because we've we've sort of danced around it, but I haven't told you everyone's. I've told you these guys at the top, they're above 20. What do you think Troy Tulowitzki's career or career with the Rockies war was? Out there in the comments. If you don't know, if you haven't looking up, you might be spending your time on baseball reference right now, but. You know, we had talked about, Patrick, we did a, a whole conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago during Hall of Fame week about Andres Galarraga and how at, uh, you know, 33.5 career war and with the great numbers and the longevity, Andres Galarraga might have an interesting Hall of Fame case. So there's a thing to, you know, Galarraga is a 33.1 for his career. 
not with the Rockies. That's why he's lower on this list. Mm -hmm. That's for his career. So what do you think Tulo's at? Tulo for his career, I mean, he had parts of three seasons with Toronto, or 95 through 98, so four seasons. Uh, obviously, that's what he paid played four games with the Yankees, so uh, not not too illustrious of a career. I think he's probably close to that number, so I would I would put him at I'd put him at 32. 32 for his total career boar for Troy Tulitsky. I was gonna say probably mid thirties, like 30, 35, 36. All right. Liam in the comments, guessing 45. Now it depends on what you're looking at here because if you're going for his career with the Rockies, it's 39.5. So high 30s and his career oh. overall, because he did actually have some decent time with Toronto there, 44.5. 44.5 career baseball. That's significantly higher in 13 seasons than what Andres Galarraga put up in 19 seasons as a major league baseball player. And I know a lot of that's defensive, but that's the other question about if you're going to move cargo up, right. Or if you think Nolan Arenado belongs in the top three, Tulo's the guy you've got to move down. And I think it's worth remembering that that, that is such a microcosm of his career. That's there was one thing that Troy Tulowitzki couldn't do. And that's stay on the damn baseball field. Cause when he was out there, he was as good as anyone and, and he was the best shortstop of his generation. That's another thing that not a lot of guys can say. From 2007 to 2015, Troy Tulowitzki was the best shortstop in baseball, bar none, period. And it's just, I know we don't always remember him super fondly uh, around these parts, but, uh, you know, if Nolan had played another couple of years, I'd have no problem with him. That, that's one of these things that when I looked at this, I was just like, I don't think I can good conscience move Nolan Arenado ahead of Tulo now. And that is a special, weird kind of heartbreaking. Yeah, no, it, it, it really is. And I, I think that's a fair point about just staying healthy. Or I should say, when you, when you bring that up, it does make me think of all the guys who have made it in the Hall of Fame because of that exception. You know, there's plenty of guys that have stayed healthy. You know, we were all shocked when we found out that Nick Markakis has about 2,500 plus career hits, and you go, "He's he's was never good. How did he do that?" You can do that. You know, guys can do that if they stay healthy. But if you can't, you know what? It doesn't always get used against you. You, you got to draw the line at some somewhere. There's plenty of guys who they never even made it to the majors because they had that arm injury. But oh, the rumor is he could throw 105 miles an hour. Like again, you got to draw the line somewhere. But I, I think, and as as time goes by, we're gonna have those discussions as to whether or not you know there is a case for Troy Tulowitzki. If you know, it's not a great one, but how how good could it be? in the right context, especially, you know, when you're talking as you did drew about him, you know, being the best of his generation and the, the, the numbers back that up. Yeah. All right. Since you're talking about the injury stuff, one place you got to try to avoid that. I know is overplaying rugby. Those guys smash right into each other and we've got super exciting news to announce because we get to introduce the Colorado XOs. You know you're all into all kinds of fun team names and all that good stuff, Patrick. We've got Colorado XOs now here 
in the rugby situation. Rugby Town USA over there in Glendale, Colorado. Athletes coming in from all backgrounds, football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, track and field, all kinds of skills to be great at rugby. They're going to be training. Uh, one of the athletes being Glenn Big Dog Robinson, former his XFL son. player. Yeah, his yeah. son. Yeah. And so uh, this is going to be uh, absolutely a blast. So the first two matches scheduled will be live streamed on April 3rd and 10th. Mark your calendars. Get set up with Colton Strickler and the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Follow him on Twitter. They'll either teach you all about the game if you're new to it or get you all caught up on just the specifics of what are the Colorado XOs? What is the Rugby World Cup? What's going on here with Rugby Town USA? Who are these people with these amazing nicknames? Colton will get you all settled in. It's really fantastic. So make sure you've got all that locked up before the beginning of April when they start playing because I promise you, you're not going to want to get left behind by all of the fun. I can also promise you that you're not going to want to get left behind by this world. I know the global pandemic, you know, it's, it feels like it's put a halt on everything. But one thing it doesn't have to put a halt on is your education. A lot of people trying to get it through places that are just now trying to figure out how to do digital education. But MSU Denver Online are the experts. They've been doing this forever. They know how to do it. And they've got... Right now, this great, great promo where if you use the promo code, where it's DNVR Sports, they will waive that application fee for you so that you can just, there, there's no risk involved. Send in your application, see if you can take a couple of classes, maybe start a new degree, finish an old one, just pick up some new skills so when the world opens back up again, you're ready to go out there and tackle life. Again, they, they really are the experts. The teachers are fantastic. They're really responsive to emails. They tend to work inside the industries where they're teaching so they can get you set up. Go to msudenver.edu slash online and use that code DNVR sports because they will waive the application fee. All right, let's rapid fire through the ends of this thing. So, so are we good with that top S ranking there, Michaela? Is there anyone else? Does Matt Holiday or, or is Charlie Blackman... You know, do we need him to continue to do it, or can we just go, you know what, Charlie's going to do the thing. Let's put him up there. Where, where are we at on that? I think I'm happy with the S tier. I know some people don't think that, you know, Ubaldo should be up there. But, I mean, when I think of, you know, the most iconic Rockies, even if I don't consider just their war, like those are the guys that I think of as the most iconic Rockies. I think, you know, Ubaldo is probably the best pitcher that's ever been on, starting pitcher that's ever been on the Rockies roster um historically so um I'm happy with how that looks um you know Charlie I think should probably stay where he is for now um I think he probably needs to continue on the path that he's on in order to move up to that S tier what what is his career war right now I can also look it up but it's um, in the high teens I think he's at 17 or 18 he's right around in that range yeah yeah so I think I mean for that reason alone I think he's fine where he is on the A tier um you know, I think when you look at some of these guys like Helton and Walker and Tulo and Nolan, I think he doesn't quite hit that mark, but he's definitely on the right path. And I hope for his sake and my sake, he continues because he is my favorite Rocky. I have the only jersey I have is a Blackman jersey. So, um, so number yeah, I think one he's in your heart, but like number 12 on your big board. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, um, just got to be realistic. You know, he might be my favorite, but um, I think he's good where he's at. Um, where is Dexter Fowler? Because that's the other one 
I was probably thinking of maybe moving. I can't he's see. Down the, he's down here in the C rank. Yeah, C2. Okay. You're not the only one that's had some interest in Dexter Fowler. We, we did have a, a comment or two about Fowler moving up. He might have been a bit of a surprise. Again, was, was traded uh, early in his career, so didn't get a, a chance, an opportunity to you know, accumulate all that much war at once he was dealt to Houston. So Liam totally is in agreement with you on that one. Don't forget Charlie Blackman. His, his defense has been uh, kind of hurt him a little bit as far as wins above replacement. True. Hasn't sapped him all that much, but granted, again, a guy where defensively, you know, could, could have been hurt. And so that same argument um, about, you know, who has the best arm, that's obviously going to go ahead and, and, and add to the case. I think anything Cargo does just looks beautiful. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, my God. I could watch him swing a bat for hours. The beauty metric <laughs> says I'm going with Cargo here as far as strongest arm. Maybe it's, maybe it's just best arm, Cargo. See, that's why I think he belongs in the S tier is just because it's so hard to replicate cargo in, in many ways. And so that's why I think he belongs in that S tier. But um, let me see. No, I think Matt Carpenter should stay there too. Um, I think that, yeah, I think the S tier is perfect. I wouldn't change it. Okay. Yeah. I will say cargo strongest of that group, Larry Walker, best arm in right, right field Rockies history, but Okay, so Dexter Fowler maybe up to to B for for extra contributions and beautiful smile, and now we got to move someone down. Or <laughs> Steve Reed, no one knows who he is. No one knows Did who Steve Reed is. Great job! Did a great job. Again, really look at him. That ninety-five team, but I, statistically, I think what he was able to do, it's fantastic. But again, the, the hearts. The more hearts you get, the more feels, the more jersey sales you got can bump you up. Steve Reed, don't don't know if he ever sold a jersey, unfortunately. Big Cat, yeah, I'm down with that. I'm down with Big Cat. I'm down with Bichette and Big Cat. I'm gonna be honest. I think those those two guys should go up in A. Um, if we if we weren't talking about wins above replacement, we're talking about Dante Bichette, maybe even being in the top group. Dude is is legendary in Rockies history in their culture. And yeah, I, I get it defensively. You know, he was really bad, but that's, that's not what we remember that much about him, but I'm, I'm all for big cat moving up. Right. I like that big cat, a tier that feels, that feels right. I think we should all be forced to move one guy down only because it's hard. You, we don't want to do that. We don't want to kind of take away a little shine from somebody, but I'll move a guy down. Okay. I'm going to move. Jolie Chassin down to the top of the C tier. It's a, it's a, it's an empty war. He never he played had a bullseye for, on his back. As soon as you said his name, he had that yeah, bullseye on his get back. Get out of here. Um, we've kind of had this conversation before. I think when you drafted him for your Nostar team and I said, you know, right. he went out with a bad attitude. He showed up uh, out of shape at spring training a couple of times. There's also the fact that his best years came when the Rockies just weren't good. And, you know, he, he never really picked up. He has no meaningful or memorable moments, not one. <laughs> but, you know, we were talking about all this stuff for, for Ubaldo. Mm -hmm. You can point out stuff. Even Steve Reed, you can be like, that 1995 season, dude. Uh, but Jolie Chassin, you're like, like, he was good 
he was perfectly fine for a decent while. <laughs> That's what Jolie Chassin was. And, you know, as we can see here, these other guys like Freeland, Marquez, and Gray are all about to fly right by him uh, before they reach the age of 30. Uh, Marquez, before he reaches the age of 27, will probably be close to De La Rosa in career war. You know, so it's like uh, Chassin, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I think that's uh, that's a good move for sure. Um, some of his uh, off the field antics were not great for his case as a teammate. Um, yeah. I, I want to move Garrett Atkins down one just so he's right next to Brad Hopp. Like when I think of those two guys. And he's just over five. He's, right he's like a 5.1, so we can let him be like the yes. official. It's better. You know, he's like be. the leader. Wouldn't you rather be the leader of tier D than the guy bringing up the rear of tier C? You know, you could be captain of. That's a nice collection of players down there. Atkins, Hop, Juan Pierre, Walt Weiss, Houston Street. I go get a beer with those guys. I And I, I do almost want Belial and Betancourt to move down to just so that it's just Fuentes and Reed in that great reliever class. Like, so those guys can have more of a shine unto themselves, but they're just might start to in the the in the back. So Let's see okay. how the comments responds to that. They're already Let's in the back in, in group C, those, those two relievers I suggested. So that's yeah. okay. But again, sometimes knocking somebody else down a peg makes somebody else shine a little bit more. When we did our Nostars draft and neither of us took Matt Belial, like I got emails. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> we were like, "How can you disrespect Matt Belial like that?" I was like, oh, fair enough. He he had a special place in some Rockies fans' hearts. He was a he was a workhorse. He's one of those guys picked up a ton mm-hmm. of innings. Betancourt too, right? I mean, he yeah, he deserves that credit as well. Right. Some people want to move Burks up. How you feeling, Michaela? Uh, uh... Uh, that's tough. I mean, I don't know. Cause like, uh, when I think of him, I think of just Boston and Boston makes me mad. So, um, <laughs> I, I, like that I, I, I'm, th- I'm giving a thumbs up on that one. I'm going to co-sign that one. I'm, I'm okay with Ellis Burks. Solid reason. I, yeah, I just, I don't know. And he was so much of a journeyman. Like he was what he like was white Sox, Boston, <laughs> San Francisco, Cleveland. He was all over the place. I think he made a stop in Toronto once. Like, <laughs> I like a horizontal move. I like, I like clustering these guys together. And now by moving him a little over horizontally, now we got a sweet little row of starting pitchers, Freeland, Marquez, Astacio, Gray, Jeff Francis. That's a beautiful thing right there. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. We got the bombers right there next to each other with Dante Bichette and Ellis Burks as captains of team B tier. I like that. We're fine with, De La Rosa and Aaron Cook up there in the A's. I I, I feel fine with that. I, again, these are the guys I feel like have been perpetually underrated. I think Tech Boy might hop on and punch us if we moved De La Rosa down. So probably got to leave him where he's at. Anyone that had a really huge memory that you can think of that makes you think maybe this guy should be bumped up. I mean, I, I'm looking at Marquez and going, maybe. I'm looking at Freeland going, well, yeah, 2018. Sure. Pretty sure. darn good. Even Houston Street, who obviously yes. didn't compile and he wasn't with the team much, but the fact that he was so money during their best overall season, he only blew two saves, you know, that he might be a guy that just for the memories. Now, then he did blow a big one in that series against the Phillies. And that's- I love Houston Street. 
I love Houston Street too, but Michaela, what are your what are your thoughts and feelings on Houston Street? Um, or Houston yeah. Street, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> streets. Um, no, streets is, I, yeah, uh, I'm kind of on the same page as you guys. Um, I don't have strong feelings either way. Um, he's not someone that I, off my off the top of my head, can think of any reason to change his position. So, um, yeah, I think he should stay. You haven't Does moved Wal- anyone down yet. Patrick and I both moved someone down, right? You haven't. You got to move someone down. You got to be mean. It's time to get that mean bone. If you really can, I, can I suggest your meanness? You could move Juan Pierre off the board. How dare you? First of <laughs> so, all, so anytime you move someone down, you're gonna get you're gonna get painted with a mean brush. But if it's no, his favorite player, that's getting His mustache is reason enough to leave him there. Um, Ooh, I'm pro. Yeah, I'm pro team. Yes. I'm pro mustache, so he's he can cool. stay. The one person that I thought of moving down, you guys already said no, so I'm just not going to uh, say anything. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, oh I want to know. I just want to. De La Rosa. <gasps> it hurts. Kale. Uh, I'm just waiting for Kale to come yell at me. Oh. We're, we're done. <laughs> it's it's over. We're no longer it's just, friends. You know, it, it's tough to see it go out like this, but you know, she can't have such an incorrect opinion that I can let it slide. I just—it hurts. I if anything, he years. should be in the S series, the best pitcher in the history of the franchise. But whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh! Can we just move Galarraga up two uh, spots to the left uh, horizontally, and now? Taylor Roche is, is, is just dangling off the edge there of, of the second-tier group. I mean, uh, who – wait, so who is he – I'm trying to see. Who is he next to right now? Cook. Yeah, Cook. see, like uh, – I just – I don't know. He, he only has a career 13 war. His ERA was through the roof by the time he was – Done. I had the Rockies. I was, I, I, eh, this. Was he, I would was move him the only who has ever figured out how to consistently pitch at Coors Field, both it's on so the road true. and at home, and you're trying to argue this man should be in the B tier. Get. See, I don't agree with you though, Kale. He almost had a 10 ERA in 2012. That is ridiculous. Like, he, oh, no. I just, I'm not pro Jorge De La Rosa. I'm sorry. I just, like, his ERAs were some of the highest while he was in Colorado. And I know you have to take into account Coors Field and blah, 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 blah. But, like, Okay, throw the last year where he was a little washed out of it. Like, the man was an all-time, he's an all-time great Rockies pitcher. I think buried in this conversation could be our next T-shirt. Um, well, I'll, I'll kind of slightly paraphrase Michaela there. We get it. Coors Field and blah, 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 blah. I think that there could be something there. Because that's <laughs> not every conversation when you're talking about the Rockies starts off with, okay, so Coors Field and blah, 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 blah. Put a couple ellipses at the end there. That pretty yeah. much sums up any conversation that, that has to be had about the Rockies, which is a shame. It's always fun. But it sometimes can be a shame, right? So just for the record, to make it not a part of the conversation for anyone who (laughs) wants it to be, starting at age 27, when he first came to Colorado, his ERA plus, which is far more important than his raw ERA, Mm -hmm. by year, remember that 100 is league average, above 100 is better, below it is worse. 
He started with a 95, then 108, 110, 130. 2012, when Michaela's talking about, he only pitched 10 innings. He was bad that year, but he only pitched 10 innings, so a 51. But 2012, he was hurt. He would take it out entirely. 2013, 128. Next year, 104, 111. The only real bad year where he pitched a decent number of innings and wasn't good for the Rockies, 2016 and 88. Then 2017, 112. 2018, 125. Jorge De La Rosa was a, an above average or a well above average pitcher for a very long time in a place where nobody accomplishes this. And what's most impressive are his splits. He was better at Coors Field than he was out on the road. He had over a 70 percentage winning percent at home. That's nutso bananas ridiculous, especially in the place that's the most difficult to pitch in all of baseball. So I'm just, I'm Team Kale on this one. Thank you for backing me up. Um, you said it in a much more eloquent way with numbers to back it up. I just yelled. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kale's like, I, it was implied. All of those stats were implied in Kale's like, argument. All right, Michaela, I, I'll be fair. Instead of teaming up um, against you, like like the, the other people on this podcast. Um, <laughs> so you picked for your future Hall of Famers, Jacob DeGrom, mm-hmm. correct? Big DeGrom mm-hmm. fan. He, on his jersey, to use the lowercase d, has an upside down letter P. Is that correct? What? <laughs> okay, let's, let's take a step back. <laughs> That's right. He does the All letters down on the back of a jersey are capital letters. How right. do you make a lowercase d on a jersey? You have to have an upside down P. That's what that's what a letter D is. All right, you're, you're you're I'm trying to help you with this, but Oh man. Here's what I was trying this to is going say. way over who, my head. <laughs> who is the only player in Rocky's history as far as I can think of right now in this conversation that has ever had an upside down capital P on the back of his Rockies jersey? Jorge. Jorge. Oh, <laughs> All right, I guess that settles it. I tried. I tried. What even? Uh, uh, Liam wants me to move someone down. Um, then it we can't have anything to do with Jorge. Move someone. Yeah. Um, I'd probably put. This is a a nonsense move, but I'd probably put Charlie one spot above Matt Holiday. Oh, I thought you were going to move him down. I was about to fight you. Yeah, the guy. That's probably the only move I would make. All horizontal Sorbo here. Yeah, should sorry. We, should that, we assume Trevor gets make. traded and just move Charlie up one more? Or? No, <laughs> like, don't say that. Don't put that out into the atmosphere. Bad juju. Super producer Kale, a.k.a. Mr. Hot Takes. All right. Okay. I, I do like that, though. Uh, I also agree with AJ. What in the hell? Go back and listen to it. It'll all make sense. It's these nuanced things. This is what makes baseball great. That's right. Noticing these kind of details. And I think that's what separates the over my head. I was not even close to being on the same page as you. So no one was on that page, Michaela. There were were I hang out in the stratosphere, gang. Particular page. I hang out in the stratosphere. The weather appears great. Come join me sometime. See, I don't think you can put Matt Holiday ahead of Charlie, though, because Matt Holiday has a career. 44 war like that's impressive charlie for yeah. reference only has a 17 right now i know he's still playing but um yeah i mean matt holiday almost had a career 300 batting average like he, he's a borderline uh, hall of famer that's yeah right. he's on some uh, impressive numbers and i don't think 
not that I, like I said, Charlie Blackman is my favorite player and he's the only jersey I have, but I wouldn't put him ahead of Matt Holiday. Like Matt Holiday is one of, in my opinion, an iconic Rocky, but like not obviously not S tier iconic, but I think he doesn't deserve to go behind Charlie. We got to sign off soon, but if we were doing this by Hall of Fame cases or guys yes. who are most likely to get in the Hall of Fame, it would look more like this right now. Probably that with Matt Holiday in third. Ubaldo. Uh, Galarraga. Boom down. Steve here. Reed obviously goes <laughs> would, up. Would, no, no, no. <laughs> Definite Hall of Fame. But yeah, you're really, you, if, if you were doing it with like guys that have Hall of Fame yeah. cases, right? Those are basically, and and I'm leaving Trevor Story right there because we, or Trevor, um, Troy Tulowitzki right there. Those are the only guys I think you can make Hall of Fame cases for for the Colorado Rockies who spent a decent amount of time here. Uh, as much yeah. as I love Cargo and Ubaldo, and we'll see about Trevor and, and Charlie. Less time for Charlie, obviously. Uh, Vinny, no, not at all. DJ, not going to be a Hall of Famer. None of the rest of these guys are, are close to that, so... Yeah, just Marquez yeah. and Story are the only ones that you you think have that shot. That maybe again, we're doing this podcast in five, ten years, they would go up in that tier. But yeah, and that and that's that's what's amazing about this organization for those who are following in this offseason. We really have gotten into that. Is that you know there are six guys that you can talk about and make the case for them as far as being Hall of Famers. One is already in. Todd Helton's going to get there soon. Nolan Arenado, we don't know what color hat he's going to be wearing, but he, he's on his way, and there's still three other guys that we have some really great com conversations. So the Rockies have been very blessed in that way with some great players passing through the halls of Coors Field. So are we comfortable with this as our final? We're going to put this out on social media, Michaela. You're going to have to deal with all of the backlash from this. <sighs> so. <laughs> so are you, you comfortable with? I'm happy. Yeah, I think it's a good list. I, yes, I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Does Walt move horizontally? I'm going to say, He's let, a manager, contributions, and, contributions to the oh, Rockies. Oh, this way. moving him back. Oh, oh, mm -hmm. oh, really? I was going to, okay. I'm asking, I don't know. Yeah. Is, where is Clint? Is Clint on, Clint's on here, right? Barmas? Clint Barmas, yes. but. Hurdle? Clint Hurdle, yeah. no. Oh. No, I don't have any other managers. Walt Weiss he, is just on there because he was also a player. <laughs> Clint Hurdle was not worth um, – there's no way to calculate his worth over a AAA S -tier. replacement manager. Yes. Clint Hurdle <laughs> we don't have that yet. Yeah. is above S tier. Yeah. Yes, I was going to say he should be on here if, he, if we're putting managers on here. We'll have to do that next time. Let us all know what you think. We'll be tweeting this out later, so you got to let us know how we did, who you'd move up, who you'd move down on social media, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at Michaela E. Perkins, at Kel Sorbo, and of course, at DNVR underscore Rockies. You also got to follow on all the other social media stuff, Instagram and Facebook and Parlor. No, I'm, I'm kidding. We're not. Oh, we're not. <laughs> I was I'm kidding. We are not on. We have a Vine just account. I'm just <laughs> shut down. To see who all's paying attention. I'll set up the MySpace page tonight. No, I'm nice. not going to do that. But if you've got a social media thingy, check for DNVR. We're probably on there. Hang out with us. Really appreciate it. Of course, you know, if you subscribe to the DNVR.com, you get access to all the written content. Plus, you get discounts on hats, shirts. Mass, you get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar, and you get to hang out with us in our private Discord chat room. Whether you're 
you're keeping the baseball talk going 24 7 you want to talk about any of the other sports pro wrestling food hiking a pretty picture you saw one time we're literally just hanging out in there talking to each other about anything and everything you want and the only way you can make sure you've got all that stuff is to be subscribed to the dnvr.com and again you know these shows where we're doing all the visual stuff on wednesdays the dfa show you gotta be on youtube subscribe to the youtube channel click like the bell icon that whole thing so you know when we go live you can join in on the conversation and help shape it because without all of you this thing just doesn't go quite as well you really do make it what it is so thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome out there i promise you we will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman, Patrick Lyons, Tech Boy, and Michaela Perkins in here. And until next time, we will see you at the Baldwick. we hope despite everything going on that show managed to put a smile on your face and hey if you want your smile to be the best it absolutely can be you know to head over to our friends at green mountain dental group the best in the biz providing such wonderful dental coverage for all of our fans all of you colorado rockies fans just like you out there in lakewood they'll take care of you they'll make you feel comfortable at the dentist just a few miles outside of downtown denver and right now if you or anyone you know needs a job, Green Mountain Dental Group is looking for experienced office manager bookkeeper. This is a salaried position with great benefits. The office manager's role is to organize and coordinate administrative duties and office procedures. The job requires 10 years of office manager experience. Other duties include preparing payroll, monthly financials, experience with a variety of office software, ordering dental supplies, handling marketing and advertising, supervising staff, etc., this team is an incredible group of people to work with, so please call them today if you or anyone you know is interested. Call 303-988-0711 or head to the website at greenmountaindentalgroup.com for further information.